I'm author Mark Muncy. And I'm author Erica Lance. And this is Eerie Travels. Greetings, travelers. Greetings. Welcome, welcome. Hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, there's a third <laughs> voice. Oh, look. Look, our guest just jumped right in. I right love that. Right in. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. So that's, like that's excitement. No, just kidding. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um. So how are you, Mark? I am, you know, well, I uh, got new glasses, so I'm all excited. And, uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, you know, survived you know, my procedure. So, uh, you know, it's, I'm only, only, only minor, minorly changed, you know, so we'll see how it goes. I'm waiting for the side effects to kick in. I, I'm waiting for the first full moon to see what happens. So, Oh, I, you know, I have tried to explain this to you multiple times, but you did not get a werewolf surgery. So what? as much as you think you're changed, you might have a superpower of like better hearing, but oh, that might happen. it's not a werewolf thing. Like for all I know is I feel time. better. So yeah, I feel a thousand times better. So that's good. So that is very good. Okay. Um, I have some breaking news. What? Breaking news. Yeah. I can't get over that song. I love it. So. Yeah. No, the breaking news is amazing. Okay. So, you know, one of my favorite topics is, of course, UFOs. So there was a video. Um, a lot of people don't maybe have seen this, right? But there was a video taken up in Canada and it showed. Um, lights and they were triangular shaped lights flying through the sky and the person that posted it was completely freaked out because of course it made no noise and there were several of them and they hovered and the guy used many expletives which of course we can say expletives like fucking and shit on the show but um wait eight minutes now we now we've ruined it yeah i know (laughs) no it's eight seconds It's eight seconds, not minutes. It's Uh, fine. Oh, okay. All right, sure. Yeah. Okay, so these are not UFOs. They're UAPs, unidentified phenomena, phenomena, which is just dumb. I like UFOs better. But apparently the government in Canada came on to quell the hysteria of over like a million people that viewed this to say they are actually, ready? Yep helicopters hey (laughs) and that these helicopters were flying in formation and so even though there's all these bizarre sightings of uaps all over the place this absolutely was not that this was absolutely helicopters even though they didn't make a sound and they didn't sound like helicopters and on the video that is taken it doesn't sound like helicopters but it's absolutely helicopters didn't didn't we discuss the Phoenix lights recently? Uh, we were talking about how it was all these people saw the you know the dark triangles and saw the the lights and they were two miles long and they were quiet, didn't make a sound. And then two hours later they were seen again and they were making noise and it was oh it was people in ultralights flying mm. in formation. Yeah, and and it was like okay, that would have been about the time it would have taken to get a bunch of people in ultralights off the ground. <laughs> exactly. Well, this, this would have been about how long it would have taken to people to get up some Chinooks up yes. in the uh, up in the space, you know, into the area and fly in formation. You know, it doesn't explain the earlier saying where it wasn't making any sound. They were just so far away. They were misinterpreting it. So and this is no longer a weather balloon, quote unquote. This is no yeah, longer yeah, yeah. a 
you're just seeing fireworks. Now we're resorting to saying they're helicopters. So that's helicopters. where we're at now. Yeah, it's it's the weather balloon, it's swamp gas, it's Venus, it's it's whatever they want it to be for the you know for the week. And uh, you know, helicopters makes perfect sense. Why are they flying in formation? Oh, it was a drill. Well, then why wasn't it you know listed? And why was and these people live near military bases? They know what helicopters look like and sound like. Yeah, oh, Mark, is... you just don't understand. I'm Everybody sorry. obviously just... is dumb and can't think for themselves. So yep, time to flashy thing me again. So yes, yeah, yeah. so I need definitely many more flashy things. But <laughs> before we get into our epic episode here, I need to put one of our favorite. It's a little trigger warning disclaimer um, because our, our topics today will cover um, demons. It will cover assault it will cover sexual assault it will cover um uh what was uh proclaimed to be potentially rape cases there are some ugly stuff that's on yep. the side of this bad, particular topic so this bad may things be with children you know yes. but but there is a caveat that i'm gonna say to this trigger warning none of it's true but, it's not true, but if you can't hear about these things, even yes. if they're not true, this is a trigger warning. This may not be the episode for you. So yeah. um, as our wonderful producer, Callie, will be pleased that I threw the trigger warning in. Yeah, that you did it right. Yeah, you know, we did it right off the bat. Got it out of the way. So yes. And with that, Mark, I think you should announce what we're talking about, but also announce our guest today. I would say our guest has been sitting patiently, you know, so I'm going to, I'm going to start. Well, what we are talking about is something that, you know, we all went through uh, at a certain period in uh, the late seventies, all the way through the early nineties. We went through a period that uh, is widely known as the war on drugs. No, it is widely known (laughs) as the satanic panic which coincided with the war on drugs imagine that but um and we're going to be talking about that uh, for those of you who only know it from stranger things or only know it from a uh, you know from a few other things we're going to we're going to go into a little bit of a deep dive on this and to do that we have one of my favorite authors on and I'm very pleased that she has joined us and Absolutely. uh I would say without further ado, because there is a lot to ado, but she has written a series of books and one of the books involves the satanic panic, but she also has written books about previous satanic panics uh, that kind of fit the same bill. So, uh, cause this is history repeating itself and I feel we're kind of on the cusp of it doing it again, but there is one of my favorite authors, Maria DeVivio. Thank you so much for coming on. And I hope I pronounced your last name right. I just know you as Maria. So. It's fine. It's fine. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and talking about one of my favorite topics, which is near and dear to my heart. Yes. <laughs> one of my favorite topics, Satan. <laughs> Could it be? Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. So, okay, Mark, why don't we explain for the audience that may not know if they were younger or if they're older and we're living under a rock somewhere, what satanic panic is? Okay, so it kind of coincides uh, late 70s, a bunch of, this is how it really starts. Okay, most people just, you know, discuss the satanic panic and say, oh, uh, there was... A, a, a theory that there was a group of cults, a satanic cults, 
that were growing in popularity all around us. It could be your, you know, your preacher, it could be your teacher, it could be the daycare worker, it could be all these things. And they were secretly murdering children, doing terrible things to, to people. And it was all happening right under the nose of the police. It could be the mayor, it could be the police. It was this huge, vast conspiracy. Everybody could be a Satanist. And, you know, you trust no one. And of course, that was, you know, oh, it's rock music, it's movies, it's, you know, it's the decline of the modern family, it's all these things. Now, what really happened was, it was the 1970s, late 1970s, and a lot of these doctors and nurses were noticing children being hurt, you know, with broken arms and bruises and things, and they just got tired of turning a blind eye to it so they started reporting it more and more and it went from 6,000 cases a year to 60,000 cases a year of child abuse and then it went higher and higher and well how can this suddenly occur well then there were laws that said you have to report this now you you have to you know, there were basically sunshine laws saying if you see something, say something so that these doctors could be safe to report it. Well, it can't be all these, you know, there, something's causing these problems to the children. It can't be the family. It can't be, you know, the mother and the father who love them. So it has to be this vast conspiracy of Satanists that are the devil. Them. Exactly. Because <laughs> it goes back to who we always blame. It's it's either the witches, the devils, and whatever. And this also happens to coincide with the moms are no longer, you know, just having the kid and stopping working. They're going back to the workforce after a little while. And well, who do we have to send the kids off to? Well, let's send them off to daycare. Well, that's who's causing the problems. It's the daycares. It's the, you know, it's it's all this. And it just it was this con conflagration of all these things happening at once and it just and then of course we had a couple people fanning the flames uh for their own good and that would be uh anton levey uh who was you know running the church of satan and then of course alistair crowley who had been long gone but people were following in his footsteps and they were also taking advantage of this and uh they were using it to you know pad their pockets and then and of course it mainstream media took off with it everybody took off with it it was suddenly on the news it was on channel you know your your 10 you know what what, what were the shows back then uh, 60 minutes and uh you know well, and 2020 and all these things were you know and then it was also the talk show era so Geraldo and all these people came on and they had Satanists on every day because it was ratings gold and even Geraldo who made his career with one of the most watched ever specials, Satan in America. Even he later went on and said, yeah, probably wasn't the best journalism I ever did. <laughs> but again, that's decades later. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. So, you know, and everybody, oh man, it was just, it was, it was a crazy time to be there. And, uh, and we're just getting started gang. Yes. So, you know, it's interesting. Glad I did the trigger warning because yeah. it's, it's very interesting from a responsibility standpoint, how, um, we took something that was actually a social problem, right. And a problem in homes 
and a safety issue for children and changed it into who could we force responsibility on? And then how can we make money off of this? Right. Because you can get as evidenced by Jerry Springer, anybody to get on a talk show and say anything about any topic. And you can hire people to be on talk shows. But I think people have to remember this was the start of that. This was the start of 15 minutes of fame, right? It was the start of being able to be on a show. And the weirder you were, the more they wanted to talk to you. So if you could be completely ridiculous on camera, they wanted to talk to you. And you were seeing people on these doing, um, talking about Satan and stuff. And I'm not saying there aren't satanic cults and there aren't people who worship Satan, because that is very much a thing. There are Satanists in the world. But if you look at the minority of Satanists, the small number, they just happen to get a lot of screen time in that point in time and people who just wanted to be ridiculous, right? So to be fair, the the satanic cults we're talking about uh, also have never, ever, ever been proved of a crime. Now, there were people who killed in the name of Satan, Richard Ramirez, we mentioned before, and some others. But this was more art, yeah, life imitating art, because they'd heard these stories and heard all these things about cults, but none of them were ever actually members of any cults. It's it's never been proven in the history of anything. I mean, there were cults who did bad things, but never in the There were not human sacrifices, no. at least in this day and age. There were not that sort of thing. And anybody who professed to do it under the name of quote unquote Satan. Um, there were other layers. Again, you're right. Richard Ramirez was never in a cult. He just decided to say Satan. It's a very easy thing to say the devil made me yeah, do it. Of course. Yeah. You know, and yes. Now Mar- Maria, your, your books, uh, you, you delve into this quite a bit in uh, one of yours that I love dearly. So can you talk a little bit about you know what brought you into this? Um, so, all right, I was born in 77. So kind of like right when things in that era were like taking off. So I grew up on Long Island and, um, you know, I was young and impressionable, of course, obviously, you know, like when you're a little kid, you look up to the big kids in the neighborhood and everybody, you know, when I was like seven years old, 1983, 1984, right? Big kids, they were all into heavy metal music. And it was like a thing. And, you know, you see they're, they're wearing pentagrams on, you know, necklaces and they're listening to Motley Crue. And, you know, you hear a story about this dude named Ricky Casso who lived on Long Island about a good 30 minutes away from where I grew up. And all the older kids are talking about how he killed his friend and he said, you know, did it in the name of Satan. And then he ended up killing himself. And it was like this whole big thing. And it was weird and it was spooky and it was it was intriguing. You know, as a little kid hearing these stories and listening to the music and seeing the iconography and, you know, and all that and MTV, forget it. I mean, Molly Crew was on rotation all day long. So it was what, like, what's you know, the name got- of the heavy metal? Um, what is, what was the name of it? There was like on MTV, you could listen to heavy metal late at night. There was, yes. what was it called? Oh, it was after yeah. liquid television. Cause that was yes. always the weird change of things so saturday night headbangers ball that's headbangers it ball. headbangers ball yes. yeah baby yes so you know 
being around that constantly and that era it was you know it was like a big f you to parents that's basically what it was from the kid's perspective when a parent tells you don't do this don't do this don't do this what do you do yeah. you're doing it so you know it was it was a whole mixture of the media and oh just everything and it was it was such a different time because i think a lot of people now forget that we have so much information in our pocket so i was born in 73 we, we can all date ourselves on this mark when were you born 71 yeah so we all um you know we're born in a time period where you called people up on a dial phone like yeah. i remember when we've got our first cordless phone what a big deal that was but you could only be so far from the receiver or yeah. it didn't work and you know you drove over to friends houses and you got your news on tv or people gossiping like it it was not one of the three you, channels or yeah. four if you're lucky and got you know an independent channel yeah it just it was not the amount of information the amount of newspapers the amount of magazines things like that so and independent sources confirming or cooperating it was what the news did and the course papers wanted to sell papers magazines wanted to sell magazines it bleeds it and leads it yep. was also the time coming out of the 70s and into the 80s when real rock started to happen like it went from the stadium bands like queen and chicago and stuff like that and the mtgv generation hit where it was rock bands and punk was coming up which was mm -hmm. a huge thing and heavy metal coming onto the scene and not that there weren't earlier stuff don't get me wrong i know there was rock and roll whenever oh. you can elvis me to death on this but no, I, I i remember vividly on that documentary about satanism they they dragged out ozzy and and they were talking about you know the, the the bat imagery and all this stuff and, and he you could tell he had no idea what the heck anybody was even talking about that yeah. <laughs> he's like, whoa, whoa, yeah. so it was yeah, total well, ambush journalism on him and it was like all these guys there was a lot of drugs back then and oh, all yeah. of those rock groups will tell you there was a shit ton of drugs drugs you all know? the way back to duke ellington thank you very much yeah and beyond you know so yeah but it was a different time and there was a lot of changes and there was a lot of um differences between the 50s and the 60s and into you know coming out of the vietnam war and all this other stuff that was happening yeah we also had you know this was also the time of movies suddenly got a little spookier and mm -hmm. you know we if, I, I think 1973 was the devil rides out with christopher lee probably one of hammer's first time he wasn't dracula and they were actually talking about satanic cults and all that and then mm -hmm. that leads to the U.S. making Rosemary's Baby, which leads to The Exorcist, which leads to The Omen. And so Satan is huge at the box office. And so that's on everybody's watch list and everybody's talking about it. And the Catholic Church is loving this because suddenly everybody's afraid and now everybody's coming to church. And guess what? That means more tithing. And they had been going downhill for some time and suddenly... The church oh. is doing booming business because everybody's possessed. My child mm -hmm. is acting bad. I need I need an exorcism. So, yeah, well, donate and we'll see what's going on. Not just saying the Catholics were the only ones, but I'm just saying they did they did have a boom here. So so um, Maria, talk a little bit more before we go into the break about the case that started your book. So Ricky Castle 
was this kid out in you know north port long island and he was he was like a, he was a derelict kid he was a, just kind of a scumbag you know he was a drug dealer he dropped out of school his parents kicked him out of the house he was living out in the woods or you know crashing on his friends couches and um heavily into drugs they called him the acid king because of you know his deep involvement with with drugs so um you know the rumor was that he was the leader of this group the knights of the black circle and they were looking to you know open up the gates way to hell and you know resurrect dead people and you know commune with the devil the whole nine um were they really doing that no I mean, Ricky, for, for some reason, he thought it would be cool to go to like an old graveyard, a wartime graveyard, and he dug up some bones or something. Um, but that was about like the extent of it. And of course, you know, the pentagram, the pentagram, when you see that graffiti on somewhere, you know, it, it's ooh, scary. So that was his deal. Well, apparently he and a bunch of friends, some, somebody stole drugs from him, this guy they accused, this, this dude, Gary. And they took him out into the woods and they were having a little bonfire thing going on. And Ricky wanted retribution for Gary stealing his drugs and they killed him. Um, they were probably high on PCP. And um, as rumor has it, as Ricky was murdering poor Gary, um, he was screaming at him, say, you love Satan, say, you love Satan. And Gary was like, no, I love my mom and they they tortured him they tortured him and they just kind of left his body there and the rest is history i mean was it a satanic ritual no i i mean it's debatable did it have satanic elements absolutely but they were high as fuck, you know and that was the time period so they were like just kind of doing when in rome you know, well, that, and it thing. justifies the the hysteria around it justifies the action. Yes. Yeah. To them, to them. To yeah. them. So no, they, were, they, 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 they really bought into it, you know. Yeah, and, they were caught up in that whole, you know, satanic panic, you know, because yeah. everybody was up in a panic over this whole Satanism stuff. So but yeah. Let's talk about um real quick before we go to the break, and then we want to talk more about your actual story. But he was convicted. Yes. He did not get off on an insanity defense that Satan made him do it. No. No, so, he killed he killed himself in jail. He hanged himself. Yep. So, so the moral of the story you know, is mental health is a thing, gang. And that's yes. uh, you know, and that's honestly, that's where you know a lot of this is gonna go uh, after we come back from the break. But uh, you know, speaking of mental health, we should, you know, check in with our sponsors. I don't think our sponsors would like you starting <laughs> off like that, Mark. But we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Eerie Appalachia. Gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient Appalachians. Folks deep within the Appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe. Monsters rumbling in the hills, strange lights darting through the pitch black night sky, horrible occurrences almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy. Tall tales, you might say. Tell that to the Flatwoods monster in Braxton County, West Virginia, or the Goatman of Louisville. Look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe. 
What of those apparitions in Mammoth Cave's Corpse Rock or the Satan spawn known as the Jersey Devil? How do you respond when confronted by these mysteries? From the metaphysical energy that swirls near Serpent Mound in Ohio to Point Pleasant's Mothman Legacy, Mark Muncy and Carrie Schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of Appalachia. Read by Mark Muncy, author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as Ancient Aliens, The Curse of Robert the Doll, and many, many more. Greetings, mortals and others. I'm Dick Terhune, the voice from hell. I work with haunted attractions all over the U.S., Canada, and Europe to increase audiences and enhance their experience with highly effective commercials, narrations, animatronic character voices, whatever your dark heart desires. Let me help you do more, scare more, profit more. Find out more at Voice From Hell on Facebook and at voicefromhell.com. We are back. Um, you know what I want to ask before we get into everything else, Maria, you didn't say the name of your book in your book series. So oh, let's yeah. say that because we need to say it several times. Oh, geez. Yes, that's right. Um, okay. So the first book in the series is Witch of the Black Circle. And that's the one that uses the whole satanic panic as the backdrop for the fiction that's happening. So I kind of based it off of fiction for fiction. Okay. Yeah, yeah, well, you the know. true fiction that starts the also true fiction um, right. on the story. And the series name is uh, Dawn of the Blood Witch. Dawn of the Blood Witch. I love it. I love it. Okay. So let's talk about some of these cases, Mark. Let's let's begin. Yeah, because uh, now this is where it kind of, you know, you know we, we're talking a little bit about all this stuff. Of course, you know, this is when Tipper Gore and a few others decide to start, you know, attacking rock music. And putting labels on rock music. This is when they start banning Dungeons and Dragons because some child goes missing in Michigan and it had to be, you know, a Dungeons and Dragons cult. And this prominent detective investigates it and he finds tunnels in the sewers that, you know, oh, this must be where they're playing live Dungeons and Dragons and all this. And of course, years later, we find out the kid ran off because he was tired of living at home. Uh, you know, but we we had a famous book came out that was this guy claimed to have been a Satanist for years and now he's reformed and he's a, you know, good God fearing man and, you know, total bupkis. And that was Mike Warmke. And then, um, and then the cases start, right. They, they start uh, reaching out. There's a daycare. Uh, most famously, there's this one daycare in Kentucky that, the children had obviously been sexually abused and, you know, and they had been taken to, uh, is in, I'm sorry, not in California, my, sorry, completely off. And they had taken them to Mexico so that the, the, you know, during the day when the kids were dropped off, taking them to Mexico, let the, let soldiers have their way with them and then bring them back for pickup at 5 PM before anybody noticed. And, and the, these preschoolers and children were saying, yes, this happened because psychiatrists had dragged it out of them in therapy and so then they had medical a doc- about this because this is something that has been 1000 percent debunked yes as yes. as a psychiatric thing which is repressed memories right? right what is the the term for it mark there's a it's it's false memories it's um you you, you get it through uh, uh hypnosis and leading questions and it's an altered state of consciousness. And, I, and I'm trying to remember the, 
I had it like two seconds ago and now I've lost it again. <laughs> no, but, but I remember there was a time where they would do hypnosis and things like that. And what's really interesting and how it got debunked was what you remember back at an point in time, not saying you don't remember things and you can totally remember things, but if you actually sit down and go over a memory that you have several times, so we tend to add pieces to our memories, meaning we fill in blanks for our memories to make the memory complete that weren't necessarily there. And it's very easy to suggest something happened and then it becomes very real for the person. Right. And that's right. what these, this did. It was a lot of, you know, oh, these are all repressed memories because they're hiding it with this and all this subterfuge. I just got to use the word subterfuge guys. That was very word. good. That was very yeah, good. Yeah. Thank you. It's not often you get to use that word in modern day, but <laughs> uh, so they had a lot of that. And that's what a lot of these cases were about, were about implanted, giving people these memories that they had. And then the people believing those memories were theirs and real. Right. And it's, it's, uh, you know, it was psychotherapy and they were trying to elicit these, you know, memories of satanic ritual abuse, uh, or, you know, what they called SRA at the time. And, uh, they would try to pull these memories and, and specific allegations were, you know, seeing, you know, witches fly being, you know, having, you know, adult, you know, attack them with knives in, you know, general areas. And it was in ritual murders of babies and, you know, and acting child, you know, terrible things that, you know, are banned, you know, and many things. I mean, this was just, this was horrible things. And they were all remembering these things. And uh, one of the leading witnesses, you know, one of the expert witnesses that was always called into these things was a guy named Carl Raschke. And he's a academic and an author. And he was the prominent expert witness whenever somebody would go into this stuff. And of course it was all, you know, later bogus, we were implanting this stuff. We were giving these kids, we were leading these kids in these questions and giving them positive reinforcement when they would say what we wanted them to hear, you know, are you sure this is all that happened? Are you sure this is all that happened? And then the kids like, oh yeah, then we, you know, we drowned an elephant. Oh, okay. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, you know, that's what we want to hear. And suddenly the kids, like, oh yeah, we drowned a hundred elephants and, and the babies ate them. And you know, we were forced to carry the bones and all this. And it's, it's crazy, this stuff. And these accusations kept flying and people were actually going on trial for this stuff where the only evidence against them was this one witness. Or there were some doctors who would say, well, this child did look like it might've been abused. But then one of those doctors later came out, you know, years later saying, I didn't know what I was looking for. You know, I didn't realize that was just a perfectly normal, you know, you know, genitalia and, you know, and I had no idea, but now I, you know, I realized that, you know, I was being coaxed to, to, to testify falsely. And, you know, but people actually got convicted on this. People yeah. went to jail for this. One man, his daughter claimed that he was a cult leader and had had her raped many, many times. He was a pastor. And he was so convinced by her testimony that she had uncovered all this trauma and therapy through hypnosis that he must be so possessed by the devil that he agreed to plead no contest, you know, guilty 
and went to jail and served his term, believing that he had done all this. And he and, hadn't. Yeah, seven years in prison and came out, you know, and still convinced that he did it under duress and such, you know, but only years later did she realize this was a false memory. And, you know, that man and lost that seven years of his life, let alone he's never a priest again. And that goes hand in hand with the whole issue that, you know, back then there, we didn't label, you know, attention deficit disorder, or obsessive compulsive disorder, like mental health wasn't really like identified the way that it is now. So when, when you mix people who might be a little off kilter or a lot off kilter, and now you're inserting these, these memories and hypnosis, false memories and hypnosis and, and Satan, it just becomes, it, it compounds and compounds and compounds. And that's what, it, it got out of control. Um, yep. There was that book, 1980, it was published called Michelle Remembers. And that's it good. was supposedly this account of this young woman who remembered her family having these satanic rituals and she was locked in a cage and, and the church of Satan was involved and, and all this stuff. And it's like, when years later, that, that kind of started the whole, all of that. Years later, it was completely debunked. Nobody ever did a time, an actual timeline to say, wait a minute, this is happening. This woman's saying this happened this, this year, but the church of Satan didn't come about until 1966. Like, like nobody put the pieces together properly and it was all crap. It was all bull crap, but well, it was the fuel. And we still have that today. We still have. Oh, it has not gone away. It has not. Gone no. Away. And you can get the mob mentality. You can get the mob mentality, even in children. Like it's so easy because children want approval. Like children tend to want approval from adults. So regardless of anything, if they can be included and inclusive and part of something, then they can make a list of things that happen to them, right? Yeah. And and as adults, look at how many people get swept up in a fever about something that didn't happen. It never happened. You know what I mean? But there are adults that get into a, like, I mean, I hate to say it, and I'm sorry for listeners that don't agree, but there are people that said COVID didn't exist. It never existed. Well, yeah. Okay. And there are many healthcare professionals that would beg to differ Different, along yeah. with all of the Americans that have suffered from COVID, right? Yeah. But you have these people firmly convinced, and they've convinced their children and all this stuff that it didn't exist. Yeah. And it's... And, 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 and with all this, there is so many crazy things that kind of came out of this. Uh, one of the my favorite things of this era was the Chick tracks. And God bless Jack Chick. He's still actually producing these things. These were little pamphlets you got that were handed out by this guy who was trying to bring people to the church. And one of them was called Dark Dungeons. And it was against Dungeons and Dragons. And it's this like four page little comic book, little tiny thing about the size of your thumb. And uh, in it where these this one kid gets his friend to come play Dungeons and Dragons with him. And, you know, but then her character gets killed and then his character gets to go up to third level. And so he gets to get invited into the cult 
but she has to go home and commit suicide. And this is, you know, and then, and then at the end, he's like, you know, there, there, the one friend escapes the cult and comes to church and he's like, all right, now bring all your Dungeons and Dragons books, bring all your books of Tolkien and all these gateway drugs and burn them with us at the church. You know, when has book burning ever been a good thing? Uh, you know, uh, but, um, these, these, this, I remember handing, I loved getting those. Uh, I lived in West Virginia at this time, and I had a Dungeons and Dragons club at my middle school. Uh, this was in the late 70s, early 80s. Bad and uh, my school banned my club because of satanic influences. A pa- couple parents had apparently heard the announcement from my god. I had four friends who played with me. We were nerds in West Virginia. There weren't a whole lot of us at the time. And uh, we played Commodore 64 and Dungeons and Dragons. That was our that was our life. And and now here we're being banned. What's what are we gonna do? Well, thankfully, TSR put out an Indiana Jones game and a Marvel Superheroes game. So we just changed the name of our club to the Indiana Jones Club and then the Marvel Superheroes Club, and we were able to keep doing playing the same <laughs> damn game just under a different name, and nobody cared. Uh, but that's how evil Dungeons and Dragons was with this. And and then, of course, like you said, you know, rock music got all the warning labels because of this. Which yes. what did that do? That increased sales of those albums by millions. Well, <laughs> so everybody you know, looked for those labels. Mark, you talked about Dungeons and Dragons, and it's funny because I went back and looked at um, one of the original Dungeons and Dragons books. And I think this is part of what started it is there's oh. a picture where it looks like there's a demonic statue that's having a ruby, rubies removed from their that's eyes. Yep. And <laughs> this is what started. Obviously, these are satanic. There's demons on the cover. Yeah, I was so glad they didn't, hadn't found deities and demigods, which actually listed all the demons and dukes of hell and all this stuff. You know, that was, there was a, a 2020 episode speaking of 2020 on the perils of dungeons and dragons and they interviewed gary gygax they interviewed all these people my favorite thing was gary gygax they're like don't you think there should be warning labels you know this is dan rather you know america's newscaster he is you know if it was only walter cronkite was the only other guy we trusted more at the time and he's like don't you don't you think there should be warning labels on this and and gary gygax just looks at him and says I can pick up this chair and hit you over the head with it. Is there a warning label on this chair? No. And of course, the was like, oh, how dare you say you could hurt me? <laughs> right. like, so Satan like, told him to hit Dan Rather in the head. Yeah, exactly. So Dungeons and Dragons yeah. must be evil. But, and, uh, you know, it's it's crazy the things that were going on. And like I said, poor Ozzy on that one with, you know, Geraldo. Well, don't what? forget you can do the records backwards and they have satanic Oh, that lyrics. was back masking. That was huge. Maria, so, do you have anything on that? Yeah, well, okay. So here's, here's a little quick story. And I wrote about this in Witch of the Black Circle. I just kind of embellished on a personal thing that actually happened to me. Um, I was nine years old and I grew up in the Catholic church. My parents were Catholic. My, well, my mother was a born again Christian, but I don't know how that happened and don't ask. So there was this little like chapel around the block from my house and all the neighborhood kids went there. It was like a youth group, whatever. And there was this one boy that used to go there and I was nine and he was 12 and he was cute and he was a skater. And I kind of just wanted to go and hang out with him because, you know, I was crush. So we're in this like youth group this one night and they bring out like the old AV cart, you know, remember those old big old AV carts? Oh yeah. And they've got, the the record player and they're like okay 
we're gonna play you blah 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 I don't even remember what the what the album was but they're like we're gonna play it forwards and we're gonna play it backwards and when we play it backwards you listen real carefully for what this is saying to you and they sat there for like an hour like and we're listening to back and they're going can't you hear it can't you hear it what are you hearing don't you hear it don't you and it was like I'm sitting there listening no it just sounds like garb like what is yeah. huh but there were some kids at that youth group that were like yeah I hear it oh my god it's the devil and it was this whole it was propaganda yep. you know listen to what this backwards message is telling you it's telling you to kill your mother kill your father and it was crazy I was nine nine <laughs> it's just it, it's so crazy but you know, that story is a story that happened everywhere. So yes. to put this up, you were in Long Island, Mark, you were in West Virginia. I grew up in Hollywood, California. Oh, ground oh, zero. Girl. So the epicenter of satanic panic was Hollywood, California, Los Angeles. Like Martin Briscoe was right there. Oh my God. Yeah. Yep. yep. And, um, uh, it was very interesting because I remember when i i did start playing dungeons and dragons which i had moved to florida by this point i was 14 years old i started playing dungeons and dragons and my i told my mom this and my mom who was not a very religious person like that um god religious i should say and that's a topic yeah. for another day but she um said to me wait isn't that a satanic game and what? i was like uh no it's about you know fighters and wizards and stuff like that it's more like magic and um we're nerds and i'm gonna go play the game and she was like so it's not satan i'm like do you want to read the player's handbook mom you can read the player's handbook if you want to read the player's handbook she's like well they just said it was satanic and i said cool and i left and <laughs> i was 14 but i remember the heavy metal bands because even you know going and seeing them Montley Crew, Poison, Cinderella, like all of Rat, you know, oh, wow. all of these um, bands. Although Cinderella, I believe, is a Christian heavy metal band. Yeah, band, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, they're, um, they're, they were sneaking it in, though. That was yeah. Weird. But you know, Ozzy Osbourne, and then oh, when Metallica came out, and uh, some of these other bands that were even more heavy metal because I don't know if you guys remember when they had the Grammys and they did the first um uh heavy metal award yep. was given to Steely Dan. Steely Dan. <laughs> Steely Dan. I remember it was the Led Zeppelin album that had the 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 hermit on it, you know, standing on the dove and the staff was on top of you know staff the sh the 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 shelf he's on overlooking this cliff looked like a dove so it was obviously the devil beating you know yes, that was the kind of symbolism they were pulling out of these just really cool album covers yeah and, and, and i guarantee you the bands were like wow we never thought um, about that that's awesome yeah <laughs> yeah the bands were like yeah no totally worshiping satan that's what's happening because this um type of music too was not that popular when that all started that was the thing it was not the mainstream kind of music and then out of nowhere you had ozzy osbourne alice cooper iron maiden all these bands that we all know and love that um 
were, you know, they were going, they were touring, they were whatever, but they were not mainstream bands or suddenly talked about On everywhere. Yep. Yeah. Suddenly the tickets start cranking yep. in, you know. You know, and, and that's people want to go see. And these bands, Alice Cooper, oh my gosh, if you saw him in concert, Ozzy, they played into this 100% because- oh. Was it Alice Cooper got on the Muppet show, you know, yep. and, and, and made it a thing where he was stealing souls of all the Muppets. And I just love the Gonzo's the one that goes cool. <laughs> <laughs> but it gives you an idea of, you know, when, when things become, when you see your profit center as a musician, as an artist of some kind, a lot of people lend into that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. They went, okay, you want me to be fine. I will be, I will wear the satanic makeup. I will wear the dark thing. I will be this overlord. I will have a cane and all these weapons and Ozzy just being high as fuck, just, you know, <laughs> snorting lines of ants. And I mean, he will tell you that to this oh, yeah. day. Him he and doesn't Sharon remember will tell you the much of it at all because he doesn't remember anything. So yeah. it's awesome. <laughs> No, exactly. And then biting the heads off bats. This was all theatrical stunts, which by oh, the yeah. way, yeah. no one could get away with today because no. you know, yeah, PETA would be really pissed off. There was yeah. no yeah. PETA back then. Well, they, they get mad that he even used the fake bats. So, you know, but um, um, that's a whole nother episode. We'll have to do things on PETA. So, uh, but uh, man, oh my gosh, this is I mean, this, it's just, it's so crazy that, you know, we live through this and we're still living through it to an extent. Now it's, you know, violent video games. Now it's Pornhub. Now it's, you know, it's anything that they can't control. They want right. to control it and they want to, you know, kill it. Because honestly, this all boils back to, it It really boils back to they want women back, you know, pregnant in the kitchen. Yeah, that's what this really boils back to. And that goes all the way back to the the Salem witch trials. This is the so same. I was thing. I was gonna bring up that because you know, I, I went to Salem earlier this last year. Sorry, late last year, right before Halloween, right before it gets completely freaking insane there, by yeah. the way. Yeah, don't go during Halloween, go in like go, September. Go in September. So yeah, get the fall, get all the fun, get out of there. It's just like don't go to New Orleans during Mardi Gras. No, and, you know, yes, come to the Mothman Museum anytime. Definitely come for Mothman Festival. Just don't go to the museum during Mothman Festival because you're not going to get <laughs> it. Yeah, it's crazy. But um, what was really interesting on the Salem witch trials is it started with a very similar situation, yep. right? It started with a very similar situation where they said, hey, um, I think because of this situation and started having arbitrary versions of who they saw as witches right yep. and so yep. be, the number of people that died in the salem quote-unquote witch trials was 19 right total mm -hmm. died in the salem witch trials most of them were female there was one man right more weight now but that's not everybody who actually perished from it because they went and they jailed all these people yep. and we're trying to, until they said, yes, Satan made me do it. Yes, I was a demon. Yes, I'm a witch. They didn't let them go. They continued to torture them. And these right. people were damaged for years and years and died. And then after the official governmental parties that were doing this, there were militias that started to go hunt down all these oh, yeah. people 
that once the governor came in and went, what in the hell are you doing? And stopped the whole entire thing. This militia went and hunted down all the people they let go, which was where you get the stories about people burning at the stake and things like that. That wasn't the official trials. Most of the official trials were people being hung and stuff like that, except for the guy was, um, had stones laid on top laid on of his him. chest until he yeah. confessed. Yeah. More yeah. Wait, famous last words. Gotta yeah. love that. That's badass. Yeah. Yeah, but then like, go out like a boss, go out like a boss. Yeah. More wait. Fast forward almost 300 years later, and yeah. the same kind of thing you think people would have learned from the mistakes of the Salem witch trials and what happened and how mass hysteria can overtake an entire populace I'm, and then enter, you know, Michelle remembers, you know, and and here we go again. And we're now we've got the media and we've got technology and m- music and all of that. It's and it, it goes back, you know, you know, Amadeus Mozart, he wrote too many notes. Guess what? He's he's satanic. You right. know, uh, you know, we go back to the Inquisition. It was the same thing. These all are just ways to regain power and control over a section of the population. And that's what this was. This was their way of bringing a moral compass. And this wasn't just America. Britain was doing this. The Netherlands were doing this. This was all over. And again, it's because we couldn't come to grips with the fact that it might be, you know, the parents doing the bad things. It might be us hurting our own children. You know, that can't possibly never, never, never. No. And I, I, you know, one, of course, we'd love to hear listener stories of anybody's satanic panic listener stories. Oh, yes. And what happened? We will absolutely read those on the air. We would love to hear them because I think all of us, especially growing up in that era, um, I I think it also, for me, gave me a very different view of um, certain groups. Mm-hmm. Right. right and how easy because of things that i loved and that i enjoyed and especially like now being a nerd is a lot cooler than it was oh, when yeah. we were all younger right we got a so, dungeons and dragons movie coming out come on yeah exactly and well we already had a movie for dungeons and dragons no, no, I know no you we never did it, but we, we did never have did a movie. we never did never happened yeah. okay denial <laughs> um, but uh Off the we had one before okay. that it yeah. was called crow yeah, yeah. That's what that uh, was Hawk called. the Slayer and Crawl. Th- those were close. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, you have these things that, uh, especially different groups of um, younger people that couldn't, didn't feel like they fit in, didn't feel like they were part of the status quo. And then all of these things are made to be evil and bad, which then calls into question who you are, how you think, all this stuff, which was besides all the horrible stuff that happened around this, like for a group of young people, it made it so even though we had felt like we had to hide a lot of who we were, it was making it worse for hiding even other things. Like what kind of music do you like? You literally have to pause and go, well, what kind of music do you like? Cause you're yeah. not going to say, you know, Black Sabbath. like <laughs> necessarily yes. because, yeah. <laughs> if, you know, if they're like, I, I like the Bee Gees, first, like whatever, first, you know, the first two albums I ever bought was the Kiss Alive album because it came with free tattoos, temporary tattoos. Jeez. And then the second was Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds, but we'll get into that another day. But uh, yeah, but those and and those were the first ones I bought with my own money. Uh, and it was I didn't care about the album. I actually listened to the music a little bit. And I was like, I thought these guys would rock harder. Yeah, <laughs> right. 
Yeah. What about but, you, but Maria? What were tattoos. your first albums? Yeah. Oh my God. Huh? My first albums that I ever bought with my own money. Yeah. This is a shame. This is shameful. I know, right? It's a shameful. Nelson. Hey. Back in the day, they had yeah. that really fun. And they were the twins and they had the long blonde hair and they oh, were just man, yeah. so hot. And then Guns N' Roses. Ah, there you go. Okay, so mine was um, Broken Wings by Mr. Mister. Yep. yep. No judging. Okay. No judging. And then um, uh, uh, the Culture Club's first album. Oh, yeah. There yeah, you go. My mom said, is, is that a boy or a girl on the cover? Yes. <laughs> I had that same conversation with my Adam Ant cover. There was many albums <laughs> in the 80s. The, the same conversation of even when I was watching the videos, she was like, is, is that a male or a female? And yeah. I'm like, and then she told me how she thought Frankenfurter was very attractive. So oh, yeah, there you go. For the Rocky Horror Picture <laughs> Show. That's, that's where we went with that. That's good. That's good. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. My next ones were uh, Alan Parsons, uh, Tales of Mystery and Imagination, and then the Star Wars soundtrack. So, you know, I, oh I think God, I, my taste evolved very quickly there. Yeah. So, but Oh my gosh. <laughs> but speaking of tastes, yes, Maria, where can we find your books? Um, well, I am where all books are sold. Yay. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million. Check me out. Awesome. And the books are titled... We've got, oh my God, what do we have? Which of the Black Circle? Which of the Red Thorn? Which of the Silver Locust? Those are the first three that are out now. I just finished book four. So that's in the editing process right now. And um, it's a planned 10 booker. Wow. So we got witches from all time periods going on. Very nice. Thank you. Very cool. And what is your website and social media so people can stalk you? Um, well, the easiest one to go to would just be www.mariadevivo.com. Perfect. And you'll find you, everything there. You have been an absolutely fabulous guest to have on this show. Thank yes. you guys for having me. It was oh, so much fun. Absolutely. Thank you so but much. Mar and I, I <laughs> highly recommend her books. Thank you all. I've oh, read, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I have read them uh, religiously, and they are very well done. They are well, very well written. And <laughs> thank so, you. Thank um, you. And, you know, and I'm still, you know, not satanic at all. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, I do have uh, some uh, a breaking news story here at the end from our wonderful friends at Paranormality Magazine. Ooh, uh, what is yes. happening at Paranormality Magazine? All right. So you're ready for this headline? This one popped up just yesterday on the website. But again, you can get the deeper articles by going to the website, paranormalitymag.com the actual magazine get the digital magazine get anything and if you use the code word travels get a bit of a, di bit of a discount and let them know that you're listening to us but this headline i knew you ladies would love woman claims shadow figure is reason she went stabby stabby yeah yeah there you go <laughs> from march uh, 18th uh, march 15th 2023 so approximately 8 a.m according to reports Police officers were called to the Lund's Oshkosh residence only to find an emotionally distraught Lund covered in blood while attempting to halt the bleeding of her ex-boyfriend's injuries. She told the cops, quote, I thought I saw something when she attacked her unidentified ex, whom she shares a child with and had recently broken up with. 
and was worried that there was, quote, something wrong with her head. The young mother asserted that she had awakened at 6.30 a.m. and took her infant to the living room where her former partner was still asleep on the sofa so that the child could have some fun in their playpen before snuggling back into bed. She had a muddled memory of something that might have been a dream or her imagination, but she thought the victim was yelling at their daughter, uh, the court documents state. So one reported police that she witnessed a shadowy, non-human entity assaulting her ex-boyfriend, an experience that had been reoccurring for about a half a year. And according to reports, she snatched a pair of scissors and began attempting to murder the shadow figure when in actuality, it was her ex-boyfriend. Um, he woke up in the middle of the assault and was able to ward off most of the attack, thankfully. Um, and she, according to the complaint, asked afterwards, can I get you a towel? And I hope I don't lose custody. Wow. So back to a point Maria said, I'm going full circle earlier, about mental health. Yes. So yeah. although we here at Erie Travels firmly believe there is stuff out there that we absolutely don't understand, if you are seeing shadow figures, let's start with maybe talking to um, a mental health professional. Feel free to grab some paranormal experts into your house to do yep. a little looky-loo. Let's, let's not let yep. half a year pass of you thinking you're seeing shadow figures. And throw some salt at it before you start stabbing it, because shadow figures not known for being killed by stabbing. Nope, nope, nope. You should definitely maybe do some sage in your yep. home. Yep. 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 There's some there's some crystal shops that can help you out, but let's also maybe talk to somebody who's a mental health professional just to get whether or not there's anything there. There might not be. There might be shadow figures, but let's let's check all of our bases. Reach shall out we? Right. to a there's, spiritual guide who might be able to cleanse your house. You know, right. exactly. There are many resources out there. Many yep. avenues to go down to get the problem solved before you start stabbing. Yeah, before yep. we go stabby stabby, which I love that was the headline. So, but if <laughs> yeah. you like headlines like that and stories like that, paranormalitymag.com, get your subscription, code word travels, and that will be in the show notes down at the bottom. But uh my goodness, awesome. gang, I think we survived the satanic panic. We did. Oh, um, yeah. Do not forget to like and subscribe to us. If you're listening, you haven't subscribed already, hit that subscribe button. And we would love to have your stories, whether they're satanic panic or shadowy figures. Please don't have your story involve you stabbing random people because of your shadow figures, though. We don't want that. We would like just the fun ones that maybe goof around in your house. Yeah. I mean, come on. You know, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's part of the fun. And if, you know, and then, you know, so when you get done with the show today, you know, after you liked us and subscribed and all that fun stuff, you know, turn on your uh, Ozzy Osbourne or your Led Zeppelin or your Metallica and uh, go play around to Dungeons and Dragons and do all the things that were, you know, banned from you. Watch The Exorcist, watch Rosemary's Babies. They're amazing. Make sure you wear black while you're doing that. Wear because black, that's another you know, indicator. Black wear black. Candles, you know, and go and read. Just, Go read Witch of the Black Circle. Yes, read yes. Witch of the Black Circle. And oh my gosh. And then, you know, and then just remember that, you know, it all started with Geraldo. So, uh, <laughs> but, okay, we could have left that off. Mark, okay, wrap it up. Right. Well, I, I, was, I was bringing it back to Satan. But uh, so <laughs> thank you all so much for joining us and we'll see you on the other side.